Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, it is the Flash After Show on After Buzz TV. Tonight we're breaking down Season 3, Episode 18, called Abracadabra. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh my god. Tori, what a song. Why'd you choose a song? So I could hit that specific note, you know? Oh my god. Well, so I'm so perfectly. happy we did. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's lovely to see you. It is just Tori and I tonight. This is Jeff speaking. Yeah, boys club. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> The girls are out on assignment and other things, but yes. we can't reveal that. It's a secret. It's an abracadabra secret. Totally. They're um, on Earth 6. Yeah. <laughs> They're with Gypsy. Um, let's do some quick intros, though. I'm Jeffrey Masters, a tweet from Jeff Masters 1. And I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me at Tari J. T-E-R-I-J-A-Y. Yes. Usually when we have the full panel here, we like to interact with the chat. We'll tweet with you guys. We're not so skilled as to have a one-on-one conversation and do that as well. So yeah. we would love to tweet with you guys throughout the week. Feel free to subscribe <laughs> on iTunes, YouTube, etc. We love hearing from you. Yes, please. Yes, yes, yes. Um, on the whole, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was really layered. And there was a lot of like really cool sequences. I agree. Yeah. yeah. The chases. We got a lot of teamwork, which you know I love. Mm-hmm. I also like that they kicked it off with a really just like... Easy, fresh start. We had, like, the double date with Cecile. She's getting the gossip, the wedding lingo. Yeah. Um, Do you know what I'm most upset about in the history of this show? What? The most unrealistic thing that ever happened is that someone has four tickets to Hamilton and they don't want them. Yeah, right? Are you kidding me? Maybe she's already seen it, like, a bunch of times. She's like, oh, man, Hamilton again. Or she's a purist where she only wants to see it with the original cast. Anything beyond that... Throw it away. Okay, but four tickets. She could sell that in the black market and make four grand easy. That's true, but she'd rather use it to bribe her new, uh, I guess, daughter-in-law? I, I mean, they're so. not married, but you know no, what I mean. ish. Going to be. And no one's married yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're right. I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'll believe everything else that ever happened, but mm. not that. But I liked, I liked like, th- the wedding like talk yeah like, uh, iris doesn't have friends that we see on the show so i was like oh we've we've missed this having someone excited yeah i i until you said that just realized that her only friends are the like flash gang barry's friends yeah that's weird um i think that it goes it's, it's um very telling for a lot of how the show is as well yeah i'll get to something about gypsy that kind of bothers me um, no, I'll say it now, actually. Okay, do it. Jump <laughs> in there. Is that okay, Tari? Is that okay? Oh, oh, hey. Um, I'm not going to stop you, bro. Thank you so much, bro. You're welcome. So, freaking Gypsy, one of my favorite <laughs> like guest co-stars that ever pop in and out. So cute. Came back. So cute. So fun. Just a badass female. Except 
you learn that she's doing all this hunting after abracadabra because she lost her partner. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a that is a okay excuse to do this, but not when that's the only excuse that the show ever gives a female for doing things. Yes, I would agree. I mean, though, it's I think it's more. I guess for me, it's I'm I'm less bothered that it was a motivation her motivation as a female, and more that it was like a classic trope. Where it's like, oh man, this person's on a revenge quest because their partner was killed. And I get that like there was a romantic interest to it. Um, but I just feel like it's been done before. It's been done. And I just think they could like spend a little bit more time to like get creative to think of another thing. Yeah. It's like Caitlyn's had like these revenge quests as like Killer Frost. And just like every time they set up an evil female, I feel like it's because she has like lost her boyfriend. Yeah. I... I yeah, you're right. There is, has been no real additional motivation beyond like male related characters. Yeah. Um which hey, flash people. We know you guys do a great job every week. Um so give us some sweet sweet uh female driven storylines. I would love to see a a whole episode that's just Iris being a like a uh, not a detective, because that's not true. Being a reporter, or, like, her working with, like, Gypsy and uh, Caitlin to do something really cool. I agree completely. Yeah. Also, a lot of, sometimes, not as much in this episode, but oftentimes she's really quite effective staying at Star Labs and, like, being the one who's whispering in Barry's ear, like, you can do this. He's down 3rd Street, turn left on 4th Street. Like, you got this, bro. Yeah. Um. Tonight she was like, oh, we can't do this. We lost it. But, like, usually she's very effective in that role. So, like, even that, like, satisfies the quench of us never seeing her do her job. Yeah. Well, maybe. I wonder what with... Because we got that moment at the beginning with Cecile where they're all kind of talking about the future and she gets real sad. And then we get this other moment when uh, Joe himself was like, I wish you guys had never told me. So, like, you have to wonder if she herself is, is getting emotionally fatigued from having to deal with the weight of her own death. Yeah, I think so. And in this instance, absolutely. Yeah. it um, It's just, we just have never been given a good reason why she's able to spend as much time in Star Labs as she does. Then again, that is a, that's a TV thing. Like, um, right. it's like what we made fun of friends for, hanging out in coffee shops. Yeah, because they would never go to work. <laughs> um, but they have these sweet, sweet apartments uh, and, it, you know, same thing happens at, in How to, not How to Get Away with Murder, How I Met Your Mother. Um, they would never go to work. Like, so it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'd like to imagine that every time that she's at Star Labs, she tells her boss, I'm going to chase this real good lead. Um, or she's doing the Clark Kent thing where every time they do, uh, they have an adventure and she's off at Star Labs, then she goes home and writes an article and she, they're like, what are your sources? And he, she's like, they're all secret. <laughs> I'm an ace reporter. Promote me. <laughs> I'm sleeping with the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that, um, I think that we would root a little bit more for her and for their relationship if she was a more fully formed character. Yeah. I mean, yes, I agree. There, there, I, there's no argument against that idea. Um, and I think that we're going to get a little bit more of that, like, within the next few episodes. Like, we've kind of had this season to kind of focus really on Barry's 
perspective of her dying. Yes. Um, whereas, and we got a little bit more of her perspective when her and Barry were having that that talk about whether to let um, Abracadabra go, and she's like, "Bro, um, my life is important, yes, and but I believe in you." And I like that aspect where she's putting her faith in him as opposed to him trying to impose his will upon her. I agree. And I, it was a little bit too virtuistic for me. I'm like, no, you're literally going to die. Like, do everything <laughs> you can. I don't know. I just would have thought a little, I would have made that a different choice. Oh, yeah. Per se. Maybe. But, um, I feel like there was a, a happy medium. But we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get to that when we start talking about sure. uh, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he's, he's going around. He's stealing technology. We found out later why it is. But, um, and then Gypsy pops in. And he tells us, though, Savitar, that he knows the identity. So tell me this. We, we had a justification for his magic. Right. They said that future technology appears to be magic for us. Yes. Is, did, were you happy with that explanation? Uh, yes. It was actually, uh, well, um, one, because it's, it's used in a lot of, like, sci-fi. Um, you hear it in uh, everything that has to do with, like, Thor's world. They're, they they appear to be gods because they had advanced technology, etc. Um, we've heard it on, I think, this show at one point as well. Um, and it's also, like, in in the concept of science, um, it's kind of a, a well-known, like, idea. I, I guess his tricks are so complicated and diverse that I would have been okay with, um, er, what is the villain's name who spawned off and was the first villain in Legends of Tomorrow? Um, he had, like, the staff, I believe. Oh, you're talking about uh, Vandal Savage. Yes. Yeah. He seemed to have magical-like powers. Yes. And also in the storyline, we had um, the uh, hawk man and woman yes. who were reincarnated and had, like, again, like, magical-like powers. Uh, to me, like, we've been down that road, and I would have been completely satisfied had they said he has magic-like powers and they're magic. Well, actually, yes, it wasn't magic. So, like, in Legends of Tomorrow, they go as far to explain that, like, the meteor that came down was uh, an alien meteor with so, from Thanagar, okay. which gave them this ability. So, it was like, that also was science. Um, Even Vandal Savage. Right. I mean, we and we have, like fifth dimensional beings in other shows. Um, but I, I, I like the idea of um, Abracadabra mostly because in his original storyline, like he was, he was a magician after science had like basically disproven magic in his time. And so he's like, I need people to revere me as a magician. So he goes to the past to like do magic so that people like admire him. Cause he's just super duper uh, arrogant and then at a certain point, he's like, wait, I can also use this for crime. Um, so how, do, how does he travel back in time in the comics? Um, he finds a time machine, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he's stuck in our version. Yes. Um, which makes me wonder how he got here in the first place. I agree. Yeah. Also, the, the big issue when you set up somebody who has, let's call it magic powers, just for the sake of argument, yeah. who has magic powers, is that that's really hard to confine them and to not like mess up the like motif for mm -hmm. instance um we trap him at one point and i'm like if he could get into this glass cage and then put the security guards on there and create water um how can the pipeline hold him 
At one point, Barry Allen put handcuffs on him, and he was like, oh, shucks. <laughs> shucks. Well, I mean, we've seen that they have these this nullifying technology, and it, it works very well on metas, but it also seems to work on non-metas as well. I mean, they explained in this episode that his powers come from, like, nanites or nanotechnology. Yeah. So you could, if you wanted to, like, break it down, you could argue that the shackles and the pipeline essentially nullify those nanites or... Uh, emit like a a soft emp that like disrupts their abilities and yet after he gets out of the pipeline joe west goes to him lets him go it gets complicated but uh (laughs) he's going and then i was so frustrated because this entire next scene happens in front of the elevator Uh while he's waiting for it to come and i was like at this point he has been freed yeah how why is this like a magician waiting for an elevator because it's cool because we need to slow him down. Totally. Um, I liked that he waited for... The, like, he's so... He's so arrogant. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed this character... This, the actor's portrayal of this character. Yeah. In that he had just the right amount of camp. That Like, he was on a Captain Cold level, like, Wentworth Miller level of, like, cheesiness, campiness. But, like, it really worked for me. Like, his phrasing and the way he moved, he, like, he was really committed. I agree. And so, like, that moment rang so true in that, like, he's he knew that there was no way they could stop him. So waiting for the elevator, he was like, sure, whatever, I have all the time in the world. He knows he's got that bomb to throw. Yeah. How funny. So, did you expect Joe West to come and be the one who, like, consults him and, like, lets him free? I didn't, actually. I I thought that they were going to do the Barry route, but I like that it was Joe, because he's been such a third party to this whole piece that I I like that he's taking an active role, and he had that amazing scene with Gypsy that, like, you really feel his pain. Uh, So... I, ugh, Joe. Joe kills it every week. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I he, mean, yeah. His energy, he's the best. He's the grounding force of the show, too. Mm-hmm. I also feel like because he, his performance is so real, it lets people like Abracadabra be a little bit campier. Yeah. Because like the show's rooted down anyway, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, um... I, I, I'm glad that they had him say Savitar is and get cut off because at least we like saw some sort of humanness in him. Right. It revealed like, oh, he would have told the identity. Yeah. Though, ugh, I, I, I don't like that it be- has become another like, who is he mystery? Um, I think when, I think it was at the beginning of this season when we were talking about um, we were talking about alchemy, and I was saying I didn't want it to be another who is Zoom situation. Yeah. And now we have another, like, who is Savitar? Which, like, bothers me because I don't, I want to be able to relate and, and have, have the, the villain speak to me. But if I'm always wondering who he is, I can't suss out his motivation. I think that's such a great point. Yeah. And, and it's just, it, like, that, suspense just like on a like it, it, we, we've done it mm-hmm. we did it already this season of alchemy yeah you know i okay so they always show the preview before each episode of what has happened in the season just to catch you up yeah and they specifically showed the clip again this week of um 
Savitar saying, I am the future Flash. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, is that like a crazy like Easter egg? Is that like a gift they're giving us saying like he right where they're going to point to it and be like, look, we told you in episode 16, he said that he is the future Flash. Hmm. Although I think that that I, I, that I want that to me makes sense. Yeah. But I think that's disproven. We're jumping to the preview for next week right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. The preview for next week, Barry goes in the future and we meet crazy Barry who has lost his girlfriend. Right. By Savitar. Right. So future Flash does not make sense if he exists with that Savitar. That's true. Um, Unless it's like future, future, future Flash. However, the Barry, so weird time travel states that like essentially Savitar's timeline goes that he exists in the future, he um, is trapped in the Speed Force, goes to the past, kills Iris, and then he does something else. So, essentially, this Barry that we, uh, that exists after Iris is destroyed, that, like, Abra knows of, um, is a different Barry that could exist at the same time as uh, future Savitar... Um, so, like, even if, let's say, that future Barry is Savitar, right? Yes. Um, then this Savitar killing Iris could essentially be the linchpin that leads to Barry becoming Savitar, which has Barry, like, if you were to try to suss out his motivation, it's that Barry becomes drunk with power, let's say. Yeah. And then he traps himself, he goes mad, and then he blames his his like old self for not uh allowing himself to like stop him or whatever and then comes back and then he starts the cycle all over again so the by the rules that have been set up by this time travel he could exist at the same time as a future version of himself so it could work why is it also then not true I feel like you have something to say. <laughs> um, I mean, I well, I guess I more don't want it to be true. Though, like, they are laying the foundation, as you were saying. Like, he says that little piece, like, I am the future Flash. And then, also today, uh, we got Abracadabra saying, like, he's the first speedster. Which, technically... In this universe, Barry is the first speedster. That's exactly right. So, I mean, there there is an argument to be said that, like, Barry could be Savitar. Um, so they also have said, producers yeah. have said that the, the reveal of the identity is going to blow people's minds. Uh-huh. And... Of the people that we are aware of, that are in our like radar, be it the Julians and the Caitlins and the Ciscos and the Wallies, maybe, yeah. maybe like maybe Flash to me is the only identity that would blow my mind. Oh, really? Yes, I yeah, I can't see being anybody else that would like surprise me. So you uh, okay? I think I feel like if it were either, um. Joe, or it, for some reason it's like Sing, or it's someone that we've met before that we haven't even thought about since the beginning. I think those would blow my mind. Like everyone else, I think I've at some point predicted. Okay, so let's say like season one, yeah, plastique, 
Okay, yeah. So Savitar rips off the helmet and it's plastic. Yeah, I Something like, like that would blow your mind, but I do not think you would be satisfied with that. Um maybe. I think I would I think I'd find it interesting. Um <laughs> because they'd really have to explain it. That's like when you hear a comedian say like a really clever joke but don't laugh out loud. You're like, "Oh, that's Oh, that's that's very funny." Yes. I get that concept. <laughs> um so I feel like Unless it's someone that we've already met, um, it will mean absolutely nothing unless they explain it really well. Yeah. Um, Like, a lot of people right now are guessing that it's Jay. Would you, like, would you uh, be satisfied if it were, like, if it were Jay or if it were Wally? Because the argument could also... Uh, apply towards Jay since Jay is so much older than Barry he could technically be qualified as like the first speedster um but who knows I have no idea yeah I mean also I don't think it could be Wally just because like he took his place in the speed force yeah and that to me like would get funky yeah but um yeah I I I don't know I, I think that also shows like this have problems when they frame things like your mind is gonna get blown (laughs) yes never say that producer like seriously because then you set up such an expectation it's never gonna be met yeah it's like like the duet completely uh, the last episode of the musical super freaking enjoyable but because we knew there's a giant twist ending i'm looking for like the titanic to sink whereas Uh darren chris is like yo i'm a good guy it was like (laughs) oh okay like, it wasn't like, it didn't blow my mind. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I hope that, I I just hope that it's really satisfying. Like, I, I hope they don't tease out this, like, who is Savitar piece. And, like, we get it as early as, like, next episode, you find out from, like, some future person. And then we can work towards building that character for the next, like, five or six episodes. I agree. I think you're right, too. Like, we do miss getting to know the villain. Right. And see his side of the story. Or he or she. I I also... I was thrown off when they made Savitar a... a, uh, It's a a suit of armor. It's a mask. Yeah. For a while, he was a CGI villain Mm -hmm. in, like, the first part of the season. And I thought... That was what it was. This, yeah. He called himself a god of speed, and that made sense. But then we we're seeing this suit, and there's something a little bit, like, less impressive. Oh, really? To me. Okay. And less threatening. Yeah. I mean, I it does, especially now that they've revealed that it's, like, a person. Like, it does bring down the, the, the kind of uh, ethereal nature of the character. However, I like the aspect that it's, in the end, we're going to, like, you realize that this person who is posturing as a god and who is always saying things like, bow to me, is just like a dude in a suit. Like, at the end of the day, he's just a guy, you know? And so, like, when we get this big reveal, like, I think it'll paint so many layers on this character that you realize that they were probably a really weak person who was given this gift, and then instead of using it for good, they used it for selfish reasons. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, like, or at least I think that, like, they're doing a good job of painting this character from being on this pedestal, and they're slowly bringing them down 
to our level so that when they when we finally know who they are, we can look back and be like, wow, how did this person get from, let's say, Julian to this really arrogant person? That's a really great point. I, okay, so my last concern that I hope that they, when they do reveal the identity that they tie in, is that Abracadabra was from the 64th century. Yeah. Something like that. And yet he knows the Flash and Savitar. Yeah. So, um, that is a very old person <laughs> and a very old villain. So I, I, yeah, do, is there, do something like, like, give me an, a reason for that? Well, I mean, uh, basically it sounds like he came back to when Flash was in his prime. Cause when he first sees Barry, he's like, Hey, you're so young. So you imagine he's fought adult Barry because um, he's been through all of his different rivals oh. and then recently came back to the current timeline. If he's traveled so much, and it is curious why he then got trapped in this timeline. Yeah. I, I thought that it was really cool how he was building the time machine, collecting the parts, and that uh, Eobard Thawne, mm-hmm. as old Wells, had kept like the, the source. Yeah. That's cool, like, tying it in. Yeah. I It, like... I liked the aspect of building a time machine. It it presents a few issues for me in that if if the components for building a time machine all exist, and we know that they didn't know the core existed before this episode, and now it's gone forever, which, kudos writers, that was a good way of introducing this idea and then making it, taking it off the table in a way that is satisfying. Um, but, like, the... the it, Begs the question, like, why can't we rebuild a time machine? Um, and I guess now we don't have a power source. But, like, Cisco is so handy that, like, they can create another time machine. Or, I mean, they could call up our friends over on Legends of Tomorrow and be like, Yo, son, we need to go to the future, or I just need to hang out on your ship so we can talk to Gideon for a second and be like, Yo, Gideon, who is Savitar? And then she'll be like... Oh, well, Savitar is, uh, I don't know, Julian, maybe? And then uh, he'll be like, sweet, I'm going to use that info. Yeah. Sometimes when we we battle Savitar, uh, uh, they often do this, too, with the Zoom early in the season. They need to to raise the stakes. Yeah. So they set him up as the god of speed, as somebody who can just destroy Barry in the battlefield. Somebody Mm -hmm. who he needs to train for, he needs to train Wally for, that... Uh, to me, I'm like, we need to bring in the entire cast of Legends of Tomorrow to battle this guy yeah. because they've built him up so much. And then by the end of the season, we are able to defeat him with just Barry. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, something that needs, like, a quake for me in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, he he was so fast, though. But I like that it's not just a whole season of Barry being like, gotta get faster, gotta get faster. We're taking so many different angles to solve this one problem, which I really find fascinating because we've been on such a, like, a large scale, uh, especially, like, last season. It was like, we're trying to save two Earths. But now, we're literally just trying to save a life. Yeah. And it, like, bring it allows you to milk so much of this character aspects of it. And it allows you to really try to solve this one problem and utilize your characters to do that. And so, I, I really like that... Uh, I, don't, like, I don't think we need to raise the stakes in any, any additional way. 
because we have so many different options available to us that, like, bringing in the Legends, even though I suggested it a while ago, um, I feel like it takes away from all the character pieces. It does, and it creates a device that we cannot rely on. Right. As much as I love also seeing Oliver Queen pop up, we can't have him come in every episode when, like, the Flash needs him. Right. The Flash has to learn the lessons for himself. Well, yeah, because, like... The the Flash would solve every Oliver Queen problem in, like, a minute. Yeah. So, like, we gotta let them live in their own worlds and solve their own problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we discussed earlier Gypsy and how she, her partner was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I was waiting for her to associate her pain of losing this person she's so connected to with Barry losing Iris. Yeah. To me, that's the same thing. And she took her grief over something that she could not change and placed it over the grief, like over this life she could have saved. I was really waiting for her to say, I want to save Iris too. I want to do everything I can. And yes, I'm pissed, but that doesn't mean that I should like let your girlfriend die. Right. Yes, I agree. Like there, there was a chance for an arc in this moment um, that I feel like we almost got to. Because uh, if not, it makes her a monster. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It makes Gypsy a monster. I, I mean, I wouldn't say monster, though. Her partner is already dead. Yeah. Um, Barry's will, di- let's say, for, like, for black and white reasons, Barry's partner will die without the, this name. Yeah. And she says, I'm so sorry, but I need my revenge. Right. It, well, revenge... She's sentencing her to death. Yeah. Revenge makes you single-minded. So, like, I get that aspect. I do wish, kind of like what you were saying, that, like, at some point, like, right before she took took uh, Abracadabra back, she was like, hey, I get it. You right, son. Because, um, like, another piece of it is that they got Abra once. They've gotten him twice. So, like, if they needed that name, they could have let him go and then essentially set this trap... To where he thinks he's free, and then regathered him. Yeah. Um, but she she was so single minded in her seek quest for revenge that she just kind of was bulldozing all episodes. I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when she was teamed up with Vibe and Wally and Barry were teamed up, like the four of them in the field, like that's just what I've been waiting all season for. They worked <laughs> so well together. And they're so useful, like the way that uh, Vibe, like, vibed Wally down to the ground softly when he was dying, about to die. (laughs) Falling, that's Uh what I'm looking for. Um, Yes, it was really satisfying to see, and it's it's also especially because you get two characters, or two pairs of characters that have the same powers, so you get to see how they use them differently, and you get to see how they, like, combine their efforts. Um, I wish this team was, like, together all the time yeah and we should get that like by the end of the season gypsy should become a regular right flash producers right right flash writers she's gonna come back and live with cisco and they're gonna make out all the time i think that's gonna happen i think it's what the fans want if i were in the chat right now i think they'd be like oh my gosh gypsy regular character make out with cisco just go (laughs) <laughs> um, I have nothing to contradict. I completely agree. 
it, it it is almost impressive the lack of love interests that Cisco has had. Yes, he's had his little like golden glider stuff. Yeah. But after three seasons on a show, usually they introduce some sort of relationship. Yeah. Well, he, I don't know that we need it. It's yeah. just interesting. He's had one per season. Um, he had golden glider, and then second season he had a li- his little stint with uh, Hawk Girl, which oh, ended yeah. real bummer fully. That's a word. Um, and now I, I I want this to be a thing, and they almost gave it to us, and then she pulled back, which was a bummer. Especially because they'd kissed before. Yeah. And we can assume that her partner's been dead longer than that. Yeah. So why is it all of a sudden that it's on her mind? Maybe because she's right now that right. one. Right. Yeah, I'll yeah. give her that one. She's she's knee deep in it. I knee get deep. it. Okay. Um... Let's d- talk about the other lovers then. No! I'm... <laughs> Are you I, mad? I'm calling Caitlyn and uh, Raphael a lovers. Wait. Ju- Raphael? Julian. Oh Raphael? my god. Raphael? <laughs> Taking this whole... Sp- uh, anyway. Ninja Turtles. Um, you're mad I called them lovers. Uh, no. Oh uh, but yes, I, I like their relationship. It's really cute. It, I agree. And they, they're like the same type, the same level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm, people will cast relationships in shows and I'm like, you think he would go for her or vice versa? <laughs> but like, they're great together. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that they're moving slowly. Yeah. They had a drink one episode, you know? <laughs> uh, and he like, he bought her tickets to the opera because she had never gone. That was so adorable. I, he, he has really arced this season. Um, he was such a jerk. The the first from the first moment we met him, he was a grade A butthole. Yeah. And then now and they, they even mention it this time that his bedside manner is so good. He's like really integrating with the team. He's he's doing surgeries and he's falling in love. He's kissing girls. Bro, Julian, he's got it together. He's a great member of the team too. Yeah. Oh, he could be the one that dies. Someone's gonna die. Um, (laughs) yeah I love them and also the the only thing is that like she gets her like shrapnel and other stuff stabbed inside of her she walks him through surgery cool it's going well he saves her and then they're pumping her back to life why did they not pull the necklace off earlier I mean because her her dying wishes as she was being surgeried on uh, also a word uh were that she would rather die than become Killer Frost. And I did not believe her. I mean, I get it. it it's probably better to be uh, dead than to be someone you don't want to be. Causing destruction. Right. I mean, because essentially it's either um, sac- it's either sacrifice your life or uh, hurt the people that hurt the people that you love and have n- and not be able to do anything about it. Yeah, it was quite the twist ending too when she did die. Yeah. Well, I, um, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see like where this goes with Killer Frost. One because I believe or me, I'm so attached to Caitlyn Snow. Yeah. So I like want that character to stick around, and like I'm not going to mention that I like don't like the blonde wig because like why would we talk about that? I mean, but, yeah, why, why would we? <laughs> yeah, not at all. But um, she's. On the loose now. P- put that necklace back on her. Yeah, there was a moment where they had the prime opportunity yep. to put it back on. Um, she, like, healed up. Her her body ate her stitches. And then uh, they're like, man, she seems fine. And next thing you know, you get that winter gust. 
and you're like, bro, y'all missed that. You had a small window, and it's closed now. Jeez. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we're almost out of time. Tell me this. Yes? Do you buy the excuse that HR was gone the whole time for this tryst? Um, you think there's something sinister about it? No. <laughs> um, I mean, I like the idea that he was getting down and dirty. I mean, we know that he was into Cecile, and now that she's totally off the table, he has to, you know, spend his time elsewhere. I just didn't know if this was, like, a scheduling conflict for the actor. <laughs> oh, got it. Um, I mean, what else is the actor doing I right just now? didn't know. I mean, he's a regular. He's a regular. He's, so he's there. Yeah. But I just I just was so curious why we, why he wasn't around the entire time. Yeah. We did not see him in the beginning, right? Right. Well, I wonder if it's, I mean, from a writing perspective, I would imagine we're already dealing with so many characters. Like, we had three stories going on simultaneously we had the julian stuff we had the uh the gypsy stuff and the abracadabra storylines so like having there there was nowhere for him to come in and do fun uh drumstick things so i figured i feel like they're like all right we'll we'll keep our our characters to a minimum uh, and we'll just you know do we'll have him off having sexy times with someone okay but then don't have so many serious regulars <laughs> No, we need as many series regulars no. as possible. I have spoken. Okay, <laughs> let's go into predictions and talk about Barry going to the future. Okay. Okay, great. And now, you're Ooh, green. What a For like those you. on iTunes, what it's green. like you. Um, so Barry's giant plan is he's going to the future to as a, on a fact-finding mission. Yeah. He's going to save Iris. What are your thoughts? How I love this plan. Things? Do you? I love it. Because this is the first time they're using the ability to go to the future to their advantage. They've been obsessing over the future for the last, like, 800 episodes. Right. Um, and I like that they're finally being like, hey, why don't we uh, use this to our advantage, the fact that time travel exists, and get some information. See, you can't ruin the future, Barry. So, like... Do do some stuff there. You're already trying to change it, so it's not like you're going to step on a, a, a lizard and cause humanity to not exist or something to that effect. So if we run into the future, do some stuff, and then we change the present, does that timeline just go off like on its own, like a Flashpoint style? Um, yes, it disappears from existence. So like in, in a lot of uh, time travel shows... Essentially, especially when people travel to the future, especially like a dystopian future, uh, there's always this moment where they're they're like, oh, you know, we'd rather you erase this existence than to have ever existed this way. Um, Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not going to lie. These are actually my favorite storylines. I love terrible futures. Uh, being able to journey and see what could have happened to our heroes and then going back and, like, changing it. Fascinating. It's so good. Any concrete predictions? Concrete predictions. I'm going to reaffirm that I think that Julian is Savitar. Um, I think it it makes the most sense for his character. Um, I also, I mean, I guess it's, we've, we've, kind of blown apart my previous theory that uh, Caitlin Snow is Savitar, because I think uh, everyone keeps referring to Savitar as a he, 
so we can't really yeah. have that happen. Um, I also think that I think that this would this would be really fun to me if Future Barry uh, tried to take the place of uh, Past Barry or Present Barry. Uh, so that he can spend more time with Iris. So I'm going to make that prediction because it's highly specific. Probably not going to happen, but I think it'd be fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah. That'd be cool to watch. Yeah. Oh my God. I think she would suspect it. Maybe. Not just because that haircut. But, oh my gosh. Those bangs. That haircut. It was like he was wearing the Oliver Queen um, flashback wig, yeah. which was so good. I just imagine him like going back to the present from the future with that hair and just like being with Iris and just crying in her arms. And she's like, um, Barry, what's going on? That'd be great. It would be so dark. Yeah. But I would love every moment of it. The future looks dark, though. Oh, my God. Okay, well, we are back April 25th. We have four weeks off. I guess that'll bring us to the May 20th, even closer. Ooh. Oh, my God. Tari, this has been so much fun. Where can the good people find you until next time? You can find me at Tari J. That's T-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also find me here on After Buzz TV on all the ABTVDC CW shows. With the exception of Legends of Tomorrow, which I'm on sometimes. But <laughs> Supergirl, this... Arrow, and then the season finale of Grimm, which is none of those things, uh, on Sunday. Please tune in if you love it. Oh my god, you're so busy. And yeah. I also do the Foster's After Show on Freeform, and I have the interview series called LGBTQ&A, getting to know different queer and trans and people in the community. It's really fun. I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. We'll see you on the 25th. Goodbye. Bye! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 